Welcome to this week's episode of The Creature Feature. I'm your host, Monday, and this is my co-host, Will the First. And today we'll be looking at the creature, Cassie. Will? It says here that Cassie is a creature that lives in Casco Bay, which is a deep inlet of the Atlantic Ocean in southwest Maine. It has woody hilly... Wooded helia. <laughs> Wooded hilly islands, and it's a popular vacation area. It has icy waters that are reportedly home of a giant sea serpent-like creature. I believe that would be Cassie. Yeah. It says that the reports of this creature can be traced as far back as the 18th century. Okay, so this is going all the way back to the 1700s. With a Bernard Hulmond pointing out most of the sightings occurring between 1777 and 1877 in New England. Wow. So a 100-year span of nothing but sightings on this creature. This picture kind of makes it look like a elongated whale. Yeah. <laughs> it says two-thirds of the sightings were off Maine. So it would appear the Massachusetts reports attracted the most attention. Mm. It says that in Broad Bay in 1751 and in 1779, nope, never mind, in 1779 it was in Nobscot Bay, <laughs> men fishing the Atlantic coastal shelf often reported the sightings of sea serpents. Okay, well, that's that's been something that's always happened. Fishermen and sailors will always report sea serpents. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that ride cruise ships that report seeing sea serpents and, you know, it's sea just, creatures. It's just that sense of wanting to see more than there is. Or also, um, can't you go delirious by yourself when you're out there on the water? Yeah, and see, that would be acceptable in, like, sailors and fishermen but somebody that's on a cruise ship well, like, yeah under, that's that's the whole they want to see more than there actually is they want it to be entertaining or they could just be a jerk and want to see how many people would actually agree with them i know a few people like that so it's not you know it's not something that can't happen but the likelihood of them actually seeing something is very very low it says one of the earliest documented sightings that could be found was reported by a noted cryptozoologist, Loring Coleman. It occurred in 1779 when Edward Preble, an 18-year-old onsign who would later become a commodore, had an encounter with a serpent-like creature while aboard a ship named the Protector. Well. On a clear and calm day, Preble discovered a large serpent lying motionless near the ship. After inspecting it for some time, Preble was ordered by his captain to man and arm a large boat. Preble shoved off and headed for the creature. Nearing it, the serpent raised its head about ten feet above the surface of the water, looked at Preble, and began to move slowly away. Preble fired around the around at the beast, which caused the creature to swim off faster and disappear. Now, I just want to say, 
He must have been really brave. This man has some brass ones because, you know, he's on a little boat. A little tiny boat, and this serpent is huge, well, supposedly. Well, it's, it's not a little tiny boat because it's big enough to, you know, have... A small boat compared to the size of the creature. To, to the creature, yeah. It could have easily have capsized his boat and knocked him in the water. Exactly. I would literally freak out. I would not go towards that thing. I would run away. I would go very no, far no, away. No. You, know my, you know my feelings on sea creatures. <laughs> uh. Would never, like, 10 out of 10 would not recommend that. <laughs> One of the reasons why I don't go to any natural large body of water. Agreed, agreed. There was another early account of Cassie that occurred in May of 1780. Uh, another captain, uh, George Little. It's not another captain. He's the first captain. George, captain George Little of Boston saw no. a 45-foot long serpentine creature in Broad Bay, Maine. Says Captain Little said that the man-sized head was carried about five feet out of the water. Okay, so, like, kind of like how, like, most water snakes do. Yeah. Um, during June and July of 1818, others claimed to have seen a sea serpent in, in Portland, Portland Bay. Bay. Um, many sightings in the 1900s were reported off Woods Island, Maine, including a sighting by Mrs. F.W. Saunderson in 1912. It says here, Mrs. Saunders, Mrs. Saunderson, along with two dozen passengers aboard a steamer traveling from New York to Portland, witnessed an enormous head, long neck, and barrel-sized body appearing off the starboard side. Maybe it was a mutant seal. Yes, maybe, but I do want to talk. Uh, Captain Little said it was a man-sized head, and the other witnesses claimed it was an enormous head. Well, it says from... 19 from the 1900s to 1912 so considering that it was at the start of the 1900s which is 1900 that's at least 12 years and most sea creatures grow enormous uh sharks never stop growing and whales have the fastest growth weight rate of all living creatures well not of all living creatures all living mammals and vertebrates um, they will actually, six months after a whale is born, it's full size. Jesus Christ. If only children were actually like that, so we could get go on and get them no, out of here. No, because the brain is not mature. <laughs> I, I know a few people like that, anyway. Moving on. It says, uh... Saunderson reported, reported that the creature rose about 20 feet above the water. And remained erect for half a minute or so, its head turning slowly as if it take a good look at its surroundings. And then slipped back into the water. Okay, so do you see this typo right here? Is that just me? Saunderson's? It's either Saunderson's report or Saunderson reported. Not Saunderson's reported. reported. Yeah. That's what threw me off. Yeah, seeing that. In the late 1930s and 1940s, encounters with Cassie were also reported in Eastport, Maine. Okay, so it's just going all over the place. Yeah, Cassie's just everywhere. <laughs> Lauren Coleman. Coleman. Okay, so Lauren Coleman was the noted cryptozoologist who 
was one of the earliest documented findings of Cassie. Mm. In 1986, Coleman wrote the first published article in regards to Cassie. Where I believe that um, he had interviewed several residents who reported seeing Cassie, right? So, he basically, he just published an article that talked about how everyone was seeing this creature. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it appeared in Portland Monthly, yeah. and it outlined several, several first-hand encounters with the creature, including an interview with an 81-year-old man named Ole Michelson. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, he had an encounter with Cassie on the 5th day of June in 1958. Michelson stated that his day started like any other. Woke up early, headed out to sea with his fishing arm partner. Around 6, the men saw an object heading directly to them, coming out of the haze. Ooh. At first, they thought it was a submarine. I would have crapped my pants. But as it came closer, they discovered whatever it was... Was t- it was alive. Whatever the creature was came in and out of the water about four times as it continued to head for the two men's boat. Oh, I know how it's moving and it's it's scaring me. <laughs> Just well, think about like it. Undulating. Yeah. Okay, so Michelson and his fishing partner were in a boat. Okay, now when I'm picturing two like two people going out fishing. I'm not picturing, like, a giant boat. I'm picturing, like, a John boat or, like, yeah. a dinghy. You know, something small. Something a little bit larger than a canoe, but nothing yeah. super big. But they see this thing coming out of the water repeatedly and going back under, which is, to me, signifying that it's, like, undulating through the water like a snake would. Yep, just like how oh, sea monsters and animes move. It's like the Sea King. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And I'm just picturing that thing heading straight for me. And I am about to crap myself. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking. I would have noped out of there. Exactly. I would have done my hardest to get back to shore. It came up about 125 feet away and then stopped, apparently, and looked at him. The two thought of cutting their boat net, their boat's nets. Okay, so now they have two boats in making a run for shore. Luckily, the creature made a sharp turn and disappeared into the haze, heading southeast. Okay, now I want to know, did they stay out in the water, or did they immediately get out of there? I'm thinking they stayed. Oh my so god. Michelson described the beast he saw as being light brown with light underside and neck. He stated that the tail of the creature was like that of a mackerel's, and its body was well over 100 feet in length. Its head stuck out of the water and was broader than its long neck. He couldn't see any discernible eyes or ears, but was certain he could hear and see, stating that every time the Portland lightship blew its foghorn, the creature turns its head in its direction, inspecting the sound. No, I read a I read a sighting just like this, but in a book about the Loch Ness monster, Nessie, and um, it was almost identical to this one with the old man and everything. 
So I'm not sure if this is like that credible of an actual sighting. It could just be someone took this sighting from the Nessie and changed it because this like this reminds me of this book that I was reading and I'm just like it's very identical. Well, the only problem with that is that the fact that I can understand you like thinking that it wouldn't be credible because it's not very original. Yeah. Um but see there's only so many different combinations of things that can actually occur in the world, so there's bound to be overlapping sightings yeah. that are similar. But yeah, I was just—it's just like it's just like patenting things is right. so is such a stupid concept because ideally, if it's a good if it's a good thing, multiple people are going to think of the same thing. Yeah, like I. I'm just saying, as an example, Art Attack Glue, that was, um, I don't know if anyone's ever watched Art Attack, but it's, it's a TV show. Um, they revamped it on Disney Junior, and Art Attack Glue is something that they have in it, but it's literally just a mixture of glue and water, and they have it patented as Art Attack Glue, and I'm just like, how can you have that <laughs> like that? It's... But I was just saying, because it sounded so similar, I'm not saying that it's not, but, like, it, it didn't happen, but I'm just saying be, oh, take it with a grain of salt. Okay, it says that in recent years, sightings of Cassie has been few and far between. So, much like how Nessie's sightings yeah. have decreased. I mean, just look at the names. That, it had the long period of activity, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. So it's very well that these poor creatures could have died. Yeah, they could have died, or they went through like some they might kind have of been hibernation. Remnants of some long past creatures. From the last dinosaurs. Well, they're not the last dinosaurs. Well, yeah, apparently yeah. Australia has a few of them. Africa has a few alligators. Of them. No. I know, but gators are. There's, there's a there's a there's like a dinosaur creature in Australia called the Bunjuro. I'm not going to Australia. I I was already planning on never going because of the spiders they have, but oh my god. And then the the Republic of Congo, which is in Africa, has so many dinosaur creatures, it's crazy. Oh that's wow. Now okay. we're talking about primitive peoples like not everybody in Africa is primitive, but in the Republican in the Republic of Congo there's a lot of the primitive tribes. And we're talking about people that don't have access to the internet, that don't have, that, you know, to them, flowing, clean, flowing water and electricity are miracles. Right. Okay, they don't have those. You're not going to convince me that somebody walked through a village and told them, oh, hey, yeah, you've seen this dinosaur thing and taught them how to sketch this dinosaur. To the point where they can spread it to other people. Right. Now, moving on, since we got a little sidetracked. Yeah. Let's look at some of the sightings. This is the in 1751 in Broad Bay and in 1779 in Penobscot Bay. Men fishing the Atlantic coast shelf. 
often recorded the sightings. Sea serpents, we already talked about that. Yeah, one. we've seen that and one. And then there's in 1779, there's Edward Prebles, that was the com the young Commodore. In May of 1780, there's Captain George Whittles. Uh, 1912, Mrs. Saunderson's. And the 5th day of June, which is Old Michelson's. Old Michelson. Now, I just want to uh, look back at, uh, since May of 1780, Captain George Little of Boston saw a 45-foot-long serpentine creature. Now, do you think that could have been like a baby? Because it moved on to 1912. And, and it was over a hundred feet long. Yeah, yeah, it was more than likely a baby. The baby. And then, so all of this stuff happened. It could be like you said, they went extinct or they died off. Or it could be like you said, that they're in a hibernation, hibernation period. But it's more than likely they died because we're talking about a creature that, okay, so something this large would have to have an insane amount of food. Okay, that's one of the reasons why, if you'll notice, whales are migratory creatures, and yeah, I'm not saying that whales will eat people and that they're, you know, savage, vicious creatures, but they eat krill, some of them, as far as I'm aware, some of them, okay, well, they eat large amounts of the krill, and the reason they migrate is because they're, like, going after the krill and stuff, and it's because, you know, they eat so much in one area, and then the krill move. Right. And then they the have krill. to follow the krill. Yeah. Okay. Large creatures usually are migratory because they yeah. have to follow their food. Right. So maybe this creature, Cassie, followed its food. Or its food just sort of died out. Or it didn't follow its food. Yeah. And, you know, it just remains resting somewhere in the Penobscot Bay or Frog Bay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds about right. Well. It appears that we looked at all of the sightings on Cassie. Do you want to check out some of the pictures that there are? Hopefully we can find some that aren't. Similar to Nessie. Okay, these ones aren't really similar to Nessie's. These ones are more snake-like. Yeah, Nessie sort of is like an animal that has like a like a long-necked dinosaur yeah. with fins. This is like a sea king, so it's likely that they could be of the same species. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at least distantly related. Yeah. Well, I think the most common thing that they say Nessie most likely was is a plesiosaur, and this is not what a plesiosaur looks like. That's not a plesiosaur either. There's really not a lot to look at. I don't... Yeah. I, yeah, I think that most people just sort of know of Nessie, and then Cassie sort of gets pushed in the back. Like, oh, Cassie? You mean Nessie? It, it's... They're different things, I'm assuming, so... Well, they are different things, so... Yeah, they're different things. Well, I believe that's all we have for right now, so enjoy a short break, and we'll be back after it's over. Moving on to our next creature, what do you have for us, Will? We have the Snallygaster. It is a mythical dragon-like beast that is said to inhabit the hills surrounding Washington and 
Brevard County, Maryland. Ooh, that sounds snazzy. And it's Washington County, not Washington. Yeah. Well, the area was settled by German immigrants beginning in the 1730s, which would... You're going to have to continue. I lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, the area was settled by German immigrants. Uh, early accounts describe the community being terrorized by a monster called a Schnellergeist, meaning quick spirit in German. The earliest incarnations mixed the half-bird features of a siren with the nightmarish features of demons and ghouls. It was described as half reptile, half bird, with a metallic beak, lined with razor sharp teeth, sometimes octopus tentacles. Octopus tentacles? Swoops silently from the sky to pick up and carry off its victims. I bet a lot of you people lost their dogs. Yeah. Earlier stories claim that this monster sucked the blood of its victims. Seven pointed stars which repeatedly kept. reputedly. <laughs> Kept the Snelly Gaster at bay can still be seen painted on local barns. Um, why seven points? Yeah, why seven points? I mean, what's with the metallic beak, too? Why would it have a beak and teeth? <laughs> Tokoyami? Tokoyami? I mean, this has every making of it. The yeah, it has. It, has, it covers I every. Say. Yeah, every point. It's just trying to scare people. I mean, half reptile, half bird. I mean, there could be like some kind of like prehistoric creature that managed to survive. Um, octopus like tentacles? The octopus tentacles and then the beak with teeth. Animals would have evolved a beak specifically to eat and crack open nuts and eat small insects and things like that. They wouldn't need a teeth. They wouldn't need a teeth. <laughs> they
Not necessarily. It could just have three eyes. <laughs> Enormous wings, did it? What? It would screech like a locomotive whistle. <laughs> a great deal of publicity surrounded this string of appearances with the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian Institution offered a reward for the hide. Then we had President Theodore Roosevelt reportedly considering postponing an African safari to personally hunt it. Oh, that's interesting. We should probably check into that one. Maybe he had some interesting things to say about it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I feel like that would be like one of those things that's like buried. Then why would it be mentioned here? Because there would still be reports of it being said, but the actual report of the hunt would be buried. And then in 2008, author Patrick Boynton published a book about the history of the Snallygaster titled Snallygaster, The Lost Legend of Frederick County. It says that Snallygaster has one widely known enemy called Dwayo Dwayo, reported to be a mammalian tripod Biped. Mm. I misread that one. <laughs> Features similar to a wolf. Oh, it's a werewolf. Okay, so I have not seen pictures. Oh, vampire werewolf. Sucks blood. Werewolf, you know. Uh, I haven't seen a picture of the Snallygaster. Does it have any on? It's probably gonna pull up pictures of the Snallygaster from Fallout 76. <laughs> Which does not look the same at all. And I was right. These things give me such a hard time when I'm playing this game. That is disturbing. Then there's this one. Is that the one that was described? Because. No, well, you can't. This one is more disturbed. Because apparently its tentacles come out of its mouth. Ooh, and it, it eats kids now? No, it's just that big. That's an adult. <laughs> oh my god. It's carrying a barrel because yeah, it needs to get its drank on. <laughs> it needs to get its drank on. It's kind of like the cactus cat. That looks Don't like... even mention it. <laughs> oh, that's Harry Potter. <laughs> Can you not follow rules? <laughs> this one. That's beautiful. Paranormal Amino. Oh, yeah, just a head on to Amino. Unless it's the picture that was on the site. I didn't see the picture on the site. What? We just scrolled right past it. That was an old man. Yeah, it's a clip from Mountain Monsters. Uh. So then there were people, there's actual people that, like, hunt these things? Well, there's TV shows about it. Just because they set out to hunt it doesn't mean they ever actually catch it. I mean, if that was the case, we'd have a million Bigfoot since captivity by now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So there was a book published on this? How, how is it that people can get things published like that? Because they already have clout because they published other things. <laughs> yeah, I feel that too. Like, authors just post things to post things. I mean, look at J.K. Rowling. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just straight up attack.
attack people like that on a podcast. I mean, that's kind of what we do. in Lake Tahoe, which is located in Nevada and California. 
Tales of this lake-dwelling creature can be traced in stories told by members of the Washu and Palute tribes in the mid-19th century, stating that said creature resides in an underwater tunnel beneath Cave Rock. And sightings have continued into modern day sighting into modern day. Sightings describe <laughs> Tessie as being between ten and thirty feet long, having a large serpentine it's ten body. Ten and eighty feet long. Ten and eighty. Oh god. That is a that is a big boy. <laughs> well, a large serpentine body, as wide across as a barrel and coloration ranging from jet black to turquoise. Its skin is usually described as smooth, despite having reptilian features. Okay, so the varying colorations, it's either iridescent, meaning that its scales have some sort of iridescent properties that causes the way the light to hit it to reflect off at different angles, causing it to have different colors, depending on which angle it's viewed from, or it's multiple different creatures. Yeah, multiple different creatures just having fun. Splashing in the waters and scaring some humans. Although it's more than likely that it's iridescent because uh, they've already talked about the possibility of large lake creatures living in places. Like, uh, most, most famously, it's the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. They say that the idea that Loch Ness could support one, let alone a family of creatures like that, I is remember unimaginable. About that. And so I imagine it's the same for Lake Tahoe. It's very unlikely that it could support one, let alone a family of creatures. Right. But uh, nothing is outside of the realm of possibility. There could be underwater caverns connecting it back to the outside. Right. Right. Now, in the 1950s, two off-duty police officers claimed that they saw a large black hump rise from the water and keep speed with their boat that was going over 60 miles per hour. Okay, That's pretty fast. I mean, this creature was moving fast enough to keep up with them, but not fast enough to catch them. It didn't attack them, and not to mention it was probably larger than the size of their boat itself. So that right there just goes to show that this creature wasn't wanting to harm them, or maybe it was chasing after them and wasn't fast enough. I, I doubt it wasn't fast enough, because given that it's, you know, 10 to 80 feet long, it more than likely could easily propel itself much faster than 60 miles per hour. Right. We're talking about something that is, you know, all muscle living in the water. It's not like a whale. Right, right. This thing will shoot through the water it's, after. It says that it's a serpentine body, which means that it, it's like a snake with flippers. So it'd probably go even faster than a regular, you know, fish. Okay, yeah, that's why I don't get in the water. <laughs> Again, I do not like sea creatures. <laughs> well, according to an anonymous witness on weirdcalifornia.com, myself, along with three others, watched a large serpent-like creature feeding slash hunting in a school of large trout. 
It was in the middle of a win of winter of 1979, off the dock at Homewood. It was about as big as round as a telephone pole, and maybe 30 to 60 Inches? feet in length. Oh, from what we could see of it. It didn't swim like a snake, side to side. It was diving up and splashing down with its head slash neck into the school of fish, which were leaping out of the water ahead of it. So it was moving like a sea king. It was moving. Yeah, you can't see it, but we're moving our arms right now, <laughs> up and down. Like a it was, yeah, it was moving like a dolphin. That's a better. That's a better comparison. I don't. I did not think about another animal. But it was moving like the previously mentioned sea creature, which was the was Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. The Casco Bay sea creature. Yep. They were speechless for several minutes afterwards. In 1980s, two fishermen reported seeing a 15-foot-long serpent pass underneath the surface of the water. Okay, now that's a big snake. Yeah. That's a big snake. Yeah, that's a, that's a big boy. Oh, and it was near Cave Rock, which is supposedly where Tahoe Tessie lives. Right, and several weeks later, two divers reported finding an underwater cave and a creature shot out, leaving the, the silt stirred. So they probably um, spooked, spooked it. it. Yeah, and it where the like creature had been, there were two large fin prints. Sometime, okay, so the two large fin prints that signifies that yes, it has two frontal fins that it uses to propel itself off of the ground. Mm -hmm. hmm. That makes for a very interesting creature. And sometime in the late 1990s, a kayaking instructor reported seeing a glance of what looked like a green two-person kayak flip over and immediately sink. Well, of course he would think it was a kayak. He was a kayaking instructor. That was nice of him to immediately assume, oh my oh no, god. people... Fucked over. Yeah, I gotta go help them, or maybe he didn't think that. When oh, he, he did. When he approached the area in a speedboat, there were no traces of the kayak, and his students did not report flipping over at any time. In 2004, an off-duty bartender... Off-duty? What? Well, why, why would it tell us this? What importance is that? I didn't know bartenders had duties. I thought they had a job. Yeah. You don't have duty. You just suddenly get called in at four in the morning, said, hey, man, we need you to come in and fill in for this game. An off-duty bartender on the Tahoe Queen took a picture of a black hump in the water, which he claims is the top of the creature's head. Of course he claims that. Everybody would claim yeah. that. You have something that's famous around you, and you're going to claim, oh, yeah. I want a picture of it. In 2006, a family vacationing near Tahoe sighted a large, black, scale-lacking creature appearing similar to a sturgeon with an upturned white nose. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, but sturgeon are like these like really big prehistoric-looking fish, and it's uh, actually what they harvest a lot of caviar from. Ew. Okay, yeah. And they will actually, like, there's a bad habit of sturgeon where they will jump out of the water over boats and actually knock people out of their boats. That sounds like fun. 
Another okay. reason why I don't go in the water. And they like to live in like colder waters, which you know is most water. Yeah. Unless it's in the south, in which case everything feels like you're getting licked by a dog. <laughs> Dude, that's disgusting. Instead of moving like a normal sturgeon, it moved up and down like a mammal. Instead of side to side, which again seems to be a common occurrence with this with these types of creatures. Yeah, there have been rumored Tessie footage, which is apparently being analyzed before being released to the public. What's the? Why does it have to be analyzed before it's released? Right, they they want to make sure that it's um solid, like it's real, I that's, guess. That's never been a problem before. Right. Look that at the means, news. Right. Look at all the celebrities that die. That, that and means... Then turn up, oh, well, you know, I didn't die, I don't know who did, but it wasn't me. This footage might not be real. Yeah, there, has, there have been many theories surrounding this creature. The most popular being that it's either a sauropod plesiosaur, pylosaur, Pleosaur. Oh, an ichthyosaur or a mosasaur. Okay, I seriously doubt it's a mosasaur. Due to fossils of the creatures being found in the surrounding Nevada desert and Sierra Nevada mountains. These theories are quickly dismissed by many Tesperts, Tessie experts. That's what they are, Tesperts. <laughs> stating that the lake was formed in the last ice age long after the creatures went extinct. Other theories say that it may be anything from a population of sturgeon to a new species of freshwater eel. It could be an eel. Yeah, I agree with that one because of the way it moves and such. Well, no, eels are serpents. They wouldn't move mammalian. But the thing is, is we'd have to see the way that it feeds, but it would have to be feeding on something bigger than it for us to see this because the way that eels feed is they bite... And then they spin. That's fun. I do that too. <laughs> and it's, it's because the, the eels do not have any teeth for, they don't have a jaw. Well, they have a jaw, but they don't have any way of biting and pulling away right. from something larger than them. So what they do is they bite and then they spin and then they're all their like hooked teeth act as like little serrations that separate the the yeah. meat from whatever they're biting. I learned this on river monsters. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I think it's time to look at some pictures, don't you? Ah, uh, yes. Some pictures of the Tahoe Tessie. Tahoe Tessie. The best Tahoe Tessie around. I could have totally said the best Tessie in Tahoe, but I didn't. Because I didn't think of it until after I had said what I already said. <laughs> And I am very disappointed in myself. Well, I seriously doubt that picture is Tahoe Tessie because it doesn't fit any of the descriptions. That's just me at three in the morning when I'm looking for a snack. The truth behind Tahoe Tessie? Is that a wedding? Yeah, that's a wedding. I, oh, that that reminded me of the Bee movie and I got sick. (laughs) I'm basically seeing just, you know... The Loch Ness Monster. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of pictures. You can buy custom t-shirts, though, if you really want one. (laughs) 
that's so funny to me. People will buy t-shirts like that without knowing that they exist. Yes, you can say them Well, seeing as there's a lack of photos for us to actually even talk about, I'd say that about wraps up this little segment. We'll be back after a break. For our final creature of this episode, what do you have for us, Will? We have the Stilt Walker, also called Strider or the Force Strider. It's a quadrupedal being that appears in Texas urban legends. There have even been real sightings of the Stilt Walker. Real sightings, okay. Yeah, so apparently there were these four friends in Texas that went to sit by a river with some beer, and one of the people says his name is Jared, middle of talking, when he suddenly goes pale and says, holy crap. <laughs> they turn around and they see the still walker spiriting <laughs> silently through the forest. So apparently this thing is just moving. Spiriting. Spiriting. It's to convey rapidly and secretly. Oh my god. So it is just going this thing through, this is just through this forest. Cool. Almost said woods. <laughs> <laughs> just going through the woods. <laughs> just going through this through this forest. Uh, he shines his torch on the creature's face. Okay, okay, okay. I have a little problem right here. This is torch. Um, they're referring to a flashlight. Whoever wrote this article is not American. Yeah. Because they are flashlights. <laughs>
the way, and apparently gets lost in the process. Eventually, they make it out of the forest and meet with police and their parents. So this is this is a younger a younger kid, person, most likely. And the person goes home and forgets about the entire incident. Later that night, the stilt walker goes to the person's house and taps on their bedroom window. Oh, so it has hands. Ooh, it has hands. No, it's just knocking its face against the window. <laughs> it's just bumping its face against the window. And the person has a nightmare that they are being chased by the stilt walker. Well, I mean, it was outside their window. Right, so it gives reason why they have that nightmare. The next morning, the person's parents are missing. They oh. research the stilt walker and find that it will kill them, and the person calls the police. They go into the forest and find the stilt walker standing over a decapitated elk cow, which okay. I'm assuming is a female elk. I'm just going to say, they go into the forest, like, they just walk into the forest and find this the stilt walker, like, right away. Like, it's just, it was waiting for them. It's like, hey, funny of you to join me. <laughs> like, what? That just happened? It's like, they just, they just went into the forest and found them immediately? Are we, are we sure? And then it gets even more confusing because it says that they go into the forest and they find this decapitated elk with the stilt walker standing over it, right? Then says it kills the person upon their request. What? Wait. Hold on. Does this mean that upon their request, so if the person asks, can you kill me? Hey man, you want to kill me? Kill me, please. <laughs> um, and then they said the parents are missing, right? Well, did they bother to check? Because I know there's been a few times where I've woken up and everybody's gone, and it turns out they're at a grocery store. Exactly. Like, everyone's gone, and they went shopping. Or everyone's gone, and they went out to eat without you because you were sleeping. Or but, No, this person just instantly skips right yeah, they, and, and assumes that their parents are taken... By the still walker, right? <laughs> and it goes and has the still walker kill them. Okay. Now there's a sketch drawn by a Texas man who claims to have seen one, and he says he. He says, "Sorry, it's so plain, but that's all I saw." Slash, remember, if I tried to make it more detailed, I'd just be using my imagination to fill in the gaps. By the, by the way, way, I have no idea how its feet look. They were hidden by tall grass. Um, alright. Alright, um. It's apparently a very tall, hairy black creature. A little similar to a canine. It typically travels in a pack. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, just basically. five of them. But all of the stuff that we've seen, like all of the encounters we've read, has only included one. Yeah. So, if it typically travels in a pack, oh, but it's known to travel alone at times. So, I guess this person, these people just caught them alone. Um, but, okay, whatever. It's speculated that it hunts other animals and tears their legs off before feasting on their bodies. That is a wondrous sight. <laughs> that is very, that is just... <laughs> Some say it's an evil creature that will kill you if you interact with it, while other witnesses have come forth to state that this isn't true, having met peaceful and friendly ones. 
than simply agreed that like people there are some bad apples in the barrel. Okay, still walkers. Sometimes they're friendly. Sometimes they just want to rip your legs off and eat your body. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've met a few people like that, haven't you, Will? <laughs> just uh, for some reason, I want chicken. You want chicken? <laughs> Let's look at some pictures of this um, stilt walker and see, because there's already a lot of pictures on the site itself, so hopefully we can find some. I feel like we mostly, like, we got most pictures for the, uh, Candy Island monster. That's where we found most of our pictures. Okay, so, we got some pictures of the still water here, including some pictures of people on stilts, but, you know, <laughs> uh, still walker all the same. It is what it is. Oh, that's adorable. And, oh, there's Texas Stilt Walker stickers on Deviant Art by, who is it by, Will? This is... Great Gonzo. Great Gonzo on Deviant Art. And that's great with a GR8. Text speak. <laughs> some of these look really good, and some of them look like they're confusing other creatures for the still walker. I'm thinking that looks like a hyena. This one is kind of horrifying. I would be kind of scared if that one came out of the woods, <laughs> Yeah. That's adorable. That is the cutest Daily crypto drawings on Tumblr drew the cutest Texas stilt walker. And then the one that I said was terrifying is the thematic conversion on Tumblr. 8 of 10 Texas stilt walker wild myth. Mild with. <laughs> mild. <laughs> wild wild myth one. One. Yeah. On, it's on Tumblr. Yeah. There seems to be another one that's good. This one, DeviantArt. It doesn't say by who. It just explore best stilt worker art on DeviantArt. Honestly, you can just go on to DeviantArt and type in stilt walker. Just, just search Texas stilt, stilt walker on Google Images and you will find all of this. That's that's all we do. We just search the creature and... And it's getting a little bit more of, like, what's that word? Obscure? No, the opposite of that. If you type in Texas stilt walker, it's way more than what we do. We just type in stilt walker. <laughs> specific. It's, yes, specific. That's the word I was looking for. That apple fritter got me messed up. This, this is just a picture of Texas. <laughs> in the forest. In the forest. Ooh, Texas in the forest. <laughs> I'd be scared if that walked out at me too. Like, the whole Texas. The whole Texas. Texas with blood on its mouth just comes out at me. Um, no thank you. Daily Crypto Drawings 556, Texas Stiltwalker Gallivant. Mm, that's, that's the same one. Yeah. And this one looks like a legitimate photo. Oh, it's a it's a YouTube video. Creepy pasta. So the still walker is a creepy pasta. Uh, apparently, we have been duped. <laughs> we have been duped. That's the rake. The rake. The rake. We'll save him for a different video. <laughs> Not that he deserves a video, but we'll save him for one. Use the artist's the new rendition. The Texas man's rendition of what he thinks he thought he saw. <laughs> You're going to be going through editing this stuff and just hearing a bunch of clicking still. <laughs> still dog. Aww. By Fig Beater. On Deviant Art. That's beautiful. <laughs> Let's see what else is there to talk about about this beautiful creature. Well, 
Seeing as how it's mentioned on Creepypasta, I seriously doubt it's actually real. I mean, where we... We've been, we've been taken for a fool. <laughs> I... We fell right into it. Last time you ever get to pick one. Oh, see, I was very oh, excited about this one because I picked it. I also picked the Candy Island Monster. And didn't? No, I didn't pick the Guffin. You picked the Guffin. But that Guffin one... <laughs> the Guffin. The Guffin. <laughs> I think that was fake too. Yeah, I think that was fake. Yeah, just just some homeless people in some ghillie suits, and then this one right here is probably just like a stray dog or something, or maybe just a drunk hallucination because I doubt they were just doing like drinking. Well, sure, maybe it is like you said, a stray dog. A stray dog, yeah. Mixed with a bit of a hallucination. Paranoia can cause hallucination too, and being by yourself in an unfamiliar place can certainly cause you to become scared. And then the person further hunted it down, like Jin, and had it kill them, so they obviously <laughs> weren't in the right mind. Exactly. Like, you stole my parents. Turns out their parents was literally at the market getting fresh tomatoes, and then they come home and they see that their kid's no longer at the house. They call the cops and they do like a search and they find out it was murdered, and they're like, oh my god, the still walker killed my baby. So they go and hunt the still walker now, and they ask it to kill it. How very specific of you there. Maybe they were getting tomatoes from the market. I mean, come on, fresh tomatoes. Nowadays, anyways. <laughs> they went to the market. They went to the grocers. I'm sure there's still markets around. Well, yeah, there's still markets around, but nobody calls them markets. They call them stores. Uh, okay. Yeah. I feel attacked. You should. You <laughs> say market. They went to the market to buy fresh tomatoes. <laughs> just, just.